Hello and welcome to episode 197 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. After Corrick Rambler captured the Grand National for Scotland last weekend, we head to Ayr for the Scottish Grand National on Saturday, where they also staged the Grade 2 Scottish Champion Hurdle. On the flat, Newbury hosts a trio of Group 3 races, including the Greenham Stakes, alongside the always competitive Spring Cup Handicap. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's racing action, with Wally Pyra looking ahead to Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong. So, Bill, it's uh, almost a week on since the Grand National at Aintree. All the controversy there, the delayed start, 14 minutes behind schedule. The uh, protesters were there as well. What's your take on the situation? What what can racing do to make the race safer? Although, you know, they demonstrated against the national, but there was no one there for the Topham and the other races over the fences. Just that one race that evokes so much in the animal rights movements. Yeah, I, th- I, I suppose it's it's because it's our biggest shop window. It's, it's ten million viewers or whatever, more worldwide. But it's um, yeah, it's it does it. It makes you scratch your head sometimes because we can't bury our heads in the sands and say it's fine because it's not fine. You know, even the diehard um, racing fans will admit that you know there's elements of the race which is an uncomfortable watch. There's elements of jump racing that's an uncomfortable watch. We'll never get away from that. But we're making life a bit harder for ourselves, having the Grand National exist in the form that it exists, if that doesn't sound a bit too um, convoluted. I think the issue for me is I don't think we need 40 runners. I just don't think we do. I think one of the issues of, of um, about the race for me that... that sits uncomfortable in my mind is it's kind of organized chaos Um, and we live in an age where that's probably not it's probably somewhere over the wrong line of acceptability when it comes to animal welfare the thrill and the buzz we live is stuff of a bygone era when you've got horses running all over the place and in the middle of the track and melees and all that kind of stuff it's just a bit of a hard watch now look I'm not getting softer in my old age and but I didn't enjoy the the national as as a as a spectacle, and I think there are just changes needed further further changes needed. And in the past, we've tweaked and made this the fences safer, and lots of the diehard national fans will say <laughs> it's it's not the race it was. Um, I still think it is. I still think it's it's a it, it it can be a good race, but I think we just need to keep tweaking. And I think they can, in time, reduce the field size. Whether you go from forty to thirty straight away, um, probably not. But we could go to forty to thirty-five, and then thirty-three um, over a few years. I think I can't think of any other race on the flat or the jumps that has more than thirty-two or thirty-three runners. Yeah. And that's one of the big problems, you know, when you look at the issue of the first fence, particularly a horse like Galvin that Davy Russell rode, and he admitted he was completely blinded. That's why the horse fell. That's to do with the volume of horses in the race, A, and B, the first hits them pretty quick. Yeah. And I think we need to look, the second major change would be to look at the 
um, gap between the start and the first fence and whether that needs to be elongated a bit further so they have more time to thin out and separate themselves away from others. Um, but all these are parts of, of, of tweaks that I know the race course will look at and I know you know the BHA and other, other influencing forces will have a say in, but we can't bury our heads in the sand and say it's fine because it's not. I think it just needs to keep evolving um, to make it palatable, palatable to the wider public. And I'm not saying the extreme side of it, the, the kind of animal rising groups, but I'm saying that there is the middle ground that needs to be won over. And that's just, just something. But but look, Aintree's a great meeting. The people of Liverpool love the race. Um, but we can't be ignorant to the fact that it, we continue need to need to evolve it. The people of Liverpool probably saved the race this year didn't they because those protesters were there and, and people of liverpool got involved and that's the only city you probably think that you can't imagine that happening in other other cities in the uk yeah i mean there's there's when the animal rising team say they're going to target other race meetings throughout the summer um good luck with ascot they won't get anywhere near doing anything there epsom's a worry I don't know how they're going to police them, manage the track there and prevent people getting involved in Epsom. That's a real worry, you know, because the middle of the track, anyone can get on at any point, really. But um, that's definitely a concern. But it's about being open and having those conversations. And, look, you know, no one's saying that horse racing isn't risk-free. You know, I took a bunch of people to a racing yard on, a Charlie Longston's yard on, Thursday morning that had never seen it and welfare's right back in the limelight mm-hmm. because of the Grand National and it's it's something that you know we, yes they have an amazing life they looked after the care all, all, all the usual rhetoric is rolled out and, and it's all true but we need to keep evolving the, the, the race that is our biggest shop you know it's our shop window and we need to keep up you know kind of moving with the times as it were and, and not softening it too much, but just making sure that, that welfare comes to the fore every time. And very quickly, are you confident that we have the right people in the right places to affect the change and to make those changes and to help the race continue? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think um, I think um, Aintree have done a really good job evolving over the years. If you look at, you know, I was up in Aintree for the three days and there were... Um, flashbacks of previous Grand Nationals which are, which made really unpleasant watching you know and and you know it's the race has moved on there's, the fences are safer and actually if you took out the first and there's a reason everyone kind of begins the replay of this year's race at the second and third if you took out the first it was it was an okay watch yeah. um, but I think it's it's <laughs> I think to answer your question, I think they they are a forward-thinking team, and I think they will continue to move it. But um, you know, there is a worry in horse racing that if you give an inch, you give a mile, and where does it stop? And but suddenly you've banned horse racing altogether. Um, we're not looking for that. We've just got to be looking to continue to make changes and continue to put people out there who are articulate and and educate people on the changes that have been made and why, you know. Okay, thanks, Bill. Without being too blasé, let's have a look at the racing on the weekend at Air, when it's the Scottish Grand National, and we'll uh, see how that all develops this weekend. We're going to start with the 115, their first race of the afternoon. That's a handicap chase, a premier handicap with 10 runners. 
We've got Claire Damez in there for Dan Skelton. He's got Bridget Andrews on board. This horse beat uh, Akun Risk, of course, at Newbury in that Novices Limited Handicap in November. And that finished second to Black Jerry at Ascot in April. Elixir Dunutz is in there for Joe Tizard. And finished down the field at Cheltenham in the uh, Grand Annual. Pay the Piper for Anne Hamilton in the race as well. Just behind Calico in a photo finish in March at Donny, having won previously at Musselburgh over the two-mile trip. Uh, Hassan Kay is also in there as well. Return ticket, etc. Joe Tizard, John, are, are they firing on all cylinders or have I been missing the winners? They're not well. They've had they've had three runners in the last the three winners in the last fortnight. Um, they've had horses run well. They've had um, horses run a bit bit below par. Um, you know, I think we all you get into a feeling that they're going to start running well at this time of year. They normally run well at Aintree. Um, you know, they had a, plenty of fancied runners who didn't really show up that much at but Aintree but they had horses that, that went well you know Killer Kane ran really well at Aintree and JPR1 ran, ran well so I don't think they're out of form I think they can go well Elixir de Nuts probably doesn't want the ground to dry out too much there's no, not much rain around up at air and it's they're watering to maintain so you're going to be as pretty close to good good to soft in places come come Saturday by the look of the forecast um I think Elixir Donuts could do with a bit more rain. Um, got a big weight to carry. The favourite and the obvious one is Fred and me for the Skeleton team. This was a horse that's been on my radar all week, but there's two big problems. One is the price. Um, it's gone. <laughs> all the bigger kind of 11 or 4 quotes, all, I think there was 3 to 1 first up, but 11 or 4 was definitely around. It's now fast evaporating. It's 9 to 4 there in the marketplace by the time this pod is released it's probably going to be two's best price if not shorter um progressive six-year-old running off the same mark was a really good second um last time at ascot um but the price has gone if you go back to his uh all can risk form of newbury two starts back is just just looks the clear kind of standout pick here but um no harry skelton <coughs> harry dissipated his shoulder at cheltenham early in the week and um, I saw him at the sales last night, and obviously he's not around, and his wife Bridget steps in. But you know, no no disrespect to her. You know, the pair of a good partnership, and Fred Darme is 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 not the strongest of finishers, to put it politely. Um, they've they've tied his tongue down. So whether it might be breathing or wind or whatever related, is something that's stopping him very late on run true to the line massive concern if you're taking a short price one for me so um, look I expect him to probably win but he won't be, be carrying my money at sub 2 to 1 um, I'd probably take a chance on Pay the Piper being in good form all season mixed it with with good horses like Calico who ran well at Aintree last week and previously beaten Fidelo Vallis at Musselburgh ran well at Aintree 7th um, uh, sorry, fifth to Dancing on My Own, seven lengths, uh, he was beaten. Um, and Pay the Piper, I just thought was rock solid, and you can back him each way at sevens. I thought if I was playing on the race, I'd probably lean towards Pay, pay the Piper each way at sevens, and just hope he sees the race out stronger than Fred Dummy. Second race of the day at Ayers at 1.50, the race over three miles. The novices' champion, Handicap Chase. Small field of nine going in this one. City Chief goes all the way up for Nicky Henderson with Nico de Boinville having won at Terryford and Weatherby 
over the three-mile trip recently. Oscar Elite's in there for the Tizard Yard once again. Sail away for Dan Skelton with, as you mentioned, Bridget Andrews on board due to Harry's injury. Where it all began comes over from Ireland. Gordon Elliott with Adrian Heskin. It's, uh, he rides because it's, uh, oh, by the way, Neil family in part. And Temptation in Milan is over there as well from Charles Burns. Yeah, there's a few others in the race as well, nine in total. The Irish are on the way. There's a couple coming over. Do they have a chance of winning it? Yeah, they do. I mean, the favourite here will be City Chief and Nicky Henderson um, in the Shiskin colours of the Donnellys. He's he's held all kinds of engagements. He was um, rumoured to be... Well, it wasn't rumoured. He was, he was, he's definitely been targeted at one point at the National Hunt Chase at the festival, but um, Donnelly's had the winner, Galliard de Menil, and and also Ramirez in the race, so they were they were strong-handed. So he's been g- given time. City Chief, I, I was at Henderson's press morning, and he he mentioned that he probably skipped the major festivals and target something like Air with him. So here we are. He's at Air. Um, he's over three miles. Brown's probably quick enough. He's got twelve stone. Again, it's the price thing with him. He's going to be nine to four, two to one. Pretty skinny. Probably takes a fair bit of beating. Wouldn't a man that minded the ground a bit softer to make it a bigger test of stamina. It's just whether he's got the gears to fend these off. It's not the great race. Um, you know, the opposition is 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 fair enough, but there's plenty of holes within that opposition. Oscar Elite will be on plenty of shortlists. He ran really well at the festival. Um, had previously won the Reynolds down um, at Ascot, but he, he's just got hit and miss written all over him. You spoke about the Tizard Yard. Um, the worry thing with him is this horse does lose his form, and let's not forget he was set a third to Corrick Rambler um, at the festival last year, and then bombed out at Aintree. He didn't go to Aintree this year, and was fifth to Corrick Rambler um, off one three nine and lines up here off a fair mark it's just whether he can hold his form and it's always to worry with him he's had problems with um, bursting blood vessels in the past I I, I was going to oppose both of the front two um, with the skeleton horse Sail Away um, who uh, has held his form well we haven't seen him since we we had a big gap of you know the best part of a year um uh, from winning at well over three miles of Warwick and then it reappeared at Chepstow um, about a month ago when he was second to Jatwal, uh over in adequate kind of two and a half miles and stepped back up to three miles on good ground would be perfect for him lightly raised obviously had his problems but I like the freshness I like the fact that he stays and has got that mixture of speed uh, and stamina and I just thought at kind of five to one eleven to two there's probably a bit more value in him than there is in City Chief so look it wasn't a race I had the hugest uh, strongest of views on there's a fair few Irish horses over like Charles Burns and Gordon Elliott's that are over here um, but you know they don't look the quickest in the world and if the ground's on the on the good side um, said away may just if he's overall his, his, his initial problems he may just have too much speed for them it's the Coral Scottish champion hurdle at 2.25 at air on Saturday, run over two miles. Lorna Fowler brings over Colonel Mustard from Ireland. Back to, I would always say, native Scotland. I think pretty much where she grew up as Lorna Bradburn in the good old days when she was younger. Kieran Buckley takes three off. Uh, and they've been second twice to El Fabiolo and to Benson, the last one being at Kelso in the Moor battle. Now, soaring glory for the John Joe O'Neill yard. 
looked to uh, be a really nice source when winning at Ascot when he won that uh, Battle London handicap hurdle back in October. That's 21 now. Since then, it's not gone so well, and I'm not sure where he stands now. He's rated 143, so he's on the same mark as when he won, but he hasn't uh, come down at all, and he's had a few chances uh, to do that. John Joe O'Neill Jr. is on board this time. Lode Sud is in there for the Dan Skelton. Rubo finished behind Rare Edition at Kempton, of course, on Boxing Day in that uh, novices hurdle. And then fit, didn't run so well at all in the Betfair hurdle, but then came back and was great in the dovecot. Really uh, won that one nicely for the Nichols team with Harry Cobden in the saddle. Anna Bonina is in there as well. John McConnell brings uh, her over. It's, it's the, the champion hurdle in Scotland and uh, got some nice horses in this one. Yeah, good contest. Uh, you can make a case out for plenty of these. Um, the obvious starting place is Colonel Mustard, um, part, part owned by Alex Frost of, of the Tote, who's a good friend. He's He um, mentioned to me that this horse got a nasty kind of cut stroke overreach uh, when second at Kelso. That's why they had to miss the county hurdle. So he's had plenty of time to get over that. That was a great run. He's a couple of pounds higher. Um, travel like the best horse in that whole race for a long time is the obvious one here has a big weight to shoulder Kieran Buckley takes the three pounds off bang rock solid pretty short in the market though that's the only kind of worry you're not going to get much bigger than five to one Colonel Mustard he'll run his race whether he finds one or two too good again is always always your kind of concern at the prices um, Nemean Lion lovely horse of Kerry Lee's really well bought uh, former kind of Godolphin uh owned horse that was trained by Andre Fab um, obviously fragile Kerry Lee mentioned that when um, he won at Kelso last time how, how they had to be very careful on what ground they run him so that's a concern whether the ground starts to get too quick at air it wouldn't be a surprise if he came out and in line if it got too quick but he obviously needs to get his toe into the ground that's the way with him the soaring glory you mentioned is a horse um, I've always been a fan of um don't often get him right if I'm honest he's one of those ones that you know I was on him at a big price for the Supreme he obviously finished fourth in um, when I backed him each way having, having him previously won uh, the Betfair hurdle um, hasn't really been the same horse been well back to the antipost markets for this suggesting they might have him back to a workable mark he's back down to 143 which is the mark he won on Ascot so he's threatening to run well um, whether he wants the ground this quick or not I, I, I don't know but he's he's obviously um, showing a bit more those are the three obvious ones but you know I'd probably prepared to in a race like this take a chance with a couple of bigger prices um, because you're getting um, so much the market's being taken out by those front ones who who obviously are, are kind of well fancied um, Anna Benina horse that's that's just made this race her own in recent years she obviously won it 12 months ago of a mark of 130 and was previously second the previous year to Milkwood off 135 uh, life's a hell of a lot tougher off 139 um, and she runs in off, here off 142 but um, Ben Harvey takes 5 pounds off so in essence she's running off 137 uh, ran much better than her finishing position suggested at Cheltenham last time um, John McConnell is, has proven this season what a good trainer he is I thought she was 
rock solid at nine to one. You can about the sponsors, Coral. Um, I thought she was the, the first of my kind of each way plays. Um, and the other one was first street, second run back after the wind up. I've uh, got bits and pieces of really good form on a sound surface. Couldn't breathe. <coughs> Two starts back at Wincanton, but had that that, brin, that wind tweaked and, and ran much better than the fishing position suggests with his tongue tied down at Cheltenham last time in the in the county hurdle when um, 11th, but only beaten nine lengths. Um, look, tongue tied down again, second run back from the wind. Oh, big weight, but, you know, on, on first streets, um, Newbury form from early the season when he won the Jerry Fielden um, off 146. There's no reason to think he can't be competitive here off 150. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll go first street and Anna Benina at kind of 12s and 8s and 9s each way. Before we get to the Scottish Grand National, that's at 3.35. At 3 o'clock, it's two miles, four and a half furlongs for the future Champions Novice Chase. Small field of seven, so each way, not really of interest. Balco Coastal got the best form, hasn't it? That fourth of Feb, Silly Isles, second to Jerry Colomb when he was uh, running at Sandown is the best. He also won on the Boxing Day as well. Uh, over at Kempton when he beat Solo by nine lengths, so Balco Coastal will be popular for Nicky Henderson. That's all right. Gino for Jamie Snowden. He was pulled up in March in the Magnus Plate. Thunder Rock for the McNeil family. Ollie Murphy trains a horse that's not won since November of last year. He's had three starts in 2023, placed a couple of times. He was five and a half lengths behind Jerry Colomb in that Silly Isles race. Unexpected party also in this one. And tell me something, girl, it was quite fancied for some of those races in the past. Kenny Alexander colours. Henry de Bromhead, Rachel Blackmore come over. How do we see this one? Yeah, a good race. Um, Balco Coastal there's always been something about him that the Henson team have, have, have loved and he definitely disappointed at, at Cheltenham behind Stage Star um, ground was probably not ideal um, but Balco Coastal had previously run Jerry Colomb who obviously won the grade one at Aintree um, running pretty close at Sandown in the City Novices. Sorry, in the City Novices. Silly Isles Novices. Um, <laughs> that's a good name for it. You drop the Isles. Yeah, we'll, good, check, we'll check that one out with the BHA a bit later. Yeah, on. We can, Silly sure Novices. We can, we can add that one. Well, we've seen our first year of Silly Novice chases this season anyway. But um, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Colomb boosted that form. So look, if, if Balco Coastal returns to that Sandown form, they won't see which way he's gone. Mm. If he runs like he did at Cheltenham, <laughs> he'll be he'll he'll be fall out the back of the TV. So that that's that that's the kind of conundrum. But it's is he's fundamentally a horse that you want to take on. But when you look at what you're taking him on with, mm. you're taking him on with horses that you fundamentally want to take on. Who've lost their form too. That's yeah. all right. Gino has has kind of he he ran below par. I mean, there were loads of people were fancying him strongly. You know, when our favourite for the plate at the festival was pulled up, never ran any kind of race, and is better than he showed. And then you've got the same with Thunder Rock. You know, lots of people were kind of touting him as a a real contender, even at a big price. Uh, in the old uh, Brown Advisory uh, at Cheltenham and just, you know, he was he only beat a couple home or three home that day. So, you know, th those are his principal market rivals. Tell me something, girl, you mentioned um, is an interesting runner here. A few people um, have been asked, you know, asking the question of why 
why you tell me something girls targeting this race with Punchdown next week and different opportunities but I'd imagine it'll have something to do with the owner Kenny Alexander who's obviously from Scotland and he probably wants yeah. a runner up, up, up in his hometown so that explains that she's 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 good she's kind of getting her act together uh, lost her way a bit having showed plenty in the early days she won the Mayor's Novices all those years ago and um, but she's 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 rock solid um, she's been well found in the in the antipost market leading up to this so this has definitely been, been the plan and she gets loads of weight but the truth is it's not a race I'd be in a real hurry to have a bet in but I've done a full loop here looking to oppose Balco Coastal and as the money comes for the likes of Thunder Rock and Tell Me Something Girl I've gone full circle back and I think two to one Balco Coastal um, I know the regard they held or hold him in and you can always put a line through one run at Cheltenham return to a more conventional trap trap good to soft ground I think he ticks all the boxes so I'm going to go with Balco Coastal 335 at air Paul Scottish Grand National there's 23 of them due to go to post in this race, the money all week's been coming for this Mongbeg genius who wears a tongue tie. But John Joe O'Neill, he was third at uh, Cheltenham in the ultimate behind Korak Rambler, who, of course, won the Grand National last weekend. Previous to that, won three races in a row, a couple at Chepstow and one up at Newcastle. Kitty's Light's going to be the favourite. I've never seen a race like it. We spoke about it just after it happened. The Ida handicap up at Newcastle. Jack Tudor performing miracles and the horse that was not travelling from the start of the race all the way through to the finish still managed to win going away by two and a half lengths beating the galloping bear that was some unbelievable performance and we know Christian Williams loves these marathon races and Kitty's Light is going to give his running for sure Lucinda Russell's got a couple in here you've got your own story being one of them and uh, coming over from Ireland We've got Marlene, the girl for having Cromwell. Nicky Henderson's got Dusart. Obviously, it's got a lot of depth to this race, but uh, that Kitty's light performance, that was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously, like everyone, we, we tip Kitty's light and, and everyone seemed to be on Kitty's light that day. At no point till very late on did I ever think Kitty's light was going to win because, as you mm. say, um, he just wasn't travelling. And, yes, the stamina kicked in. It was his first go a proper go at um back up in trip having proved uh when second in this 12 months ago um that it was the right race that was off one four three and you know the the way things have turned out you know he's, he, he arrives here on the back of, of his best win of his career and he's three pounds uh, lower in the weights than 12 months ago when he only bumped into his stable mate win my wings who who looked thrown in look kitty's like will run really well again had to shoulder 11 stone 8 in this 12 months ago and he's carrying 8 pounds less so you kind of rule Kitty's light out at your peril definitely a player life tougher higher in the weights but will run well again um, the betting story of the week has definitely been the gamble on Monbeg Genius which surely can't get any more momentum I mean he's kind of 4 to 1 7 to 2 in a place it's Plenty short enough for one that's never been beyond three miles one. Um, shapes like he'll stay. Bit short for me. Got to prove he stays. Got lots of form. I mean, the key to Mongbe Genius is coming out of a race that is now, <laughs> after Corrett Rambler in the Grand National, the ultimate looks like you know the red-hot contest from, from, from a form point of view. And look, 
Monbeb will run well. Those that snapped up fancy prices. Good luck to them, but you couldn't possibly want to back him at seven or two, four to one now. Well, I probably would take a chance on your own story for the Lewis Cinder Russell team who are in obviously unbelievable form. Her and Derek Fox teaming up again, having won a English national last weekend. It would be just about exactly what you come and do and land a Scottish <laughs> one. But um, your own story is holding your form really well. Gets loads of weight from the um, top horses here. You know, he's only got 10 stone too. But if you go back through um, his back show, the further they go, the better he is. And that's what I always like in a national. I, I don't really like taking chances on horses that I think will stay. I like to take chances on horses that I know will stay. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this, your own story, is that, you know, was really impressive on, on decent ground when he beat Innisfree Lad at Weatherby two starts back. Yes, he's 10 pounds higher now, but didn't run badly over three and a half miles from a three pound lower mark last time. And just shapes like, you know, gone, gone at air plenty of times before, holding his form, just got loads of, um, loads of ticks in the right boxes um eight nine to one is available out there might be might get a bit bigger in the morning um just 10 stone two is such a lovely racing weight i had to have your own story as one of my two darts at the board um and the other one i i came down on was flower of scotland who is a bit of a cliff horse for me because i can see and it seemed to be with him every time he runs each way and he normally normally hits the frame he was back over hurdles last time and ran a real good race and just got run a little bit late on but that was over an inadequate three miles too the key to this fellow again is when he hits four miles he he, he just just stays and stays and stays and was obviously we <laughs> saw him at best effect at Kelso and the Scottish Borders National back in December um, admittedly over uh, off a off a kind of flyweight mark of 114 uh, life definitely tougher off eight pounds higher but again, he's he's racing off ten stone two, so the same Marcus as your own story, and at fourteen to one, sixteen to one with Coral, just those are rock solid each way, and those are two horses that may not be the flashier types, but will stay every yard, and just with plenty of each way terms or bonus each way terms from all these other firms that will appear in the morning. I think Flower of Scotland and your own story are the two for me. Okay, that's the jumps racing then at air coming up on. Saturday afternoon. There's a really good card at Newbury. We're on the flat there, of course. And they start at 1.30 with a mile and a half Dubai duty free. Finest surprise stake. It's registered as a John Porter. It's a group three with eight runners and a couple of horses dropping down from group one company. We've got uh, Godolphin's Hurricane Lane, who goes with Will Buick on board, uh, having run over in, in the Grand Prix de Saint-Claude when way down the field behind Alpinista beaten by Broom and Torquato Tassa before that. Had previously beaten Mojo Star, who's in this race as well, Wordsworth, and he beat Lone Eagle in that uh, really enthralling race at the core of the uh, Irish Derby back in June. Haven't seen the best of him since the uh, end of 21, though, and I don't know, just watching the racing at Newmarket over the past few days, looks like the Godolphin youngsters are doing well, but those coming back into training the elder horses haven't quite lived up to their names at the moment. Anyway, we'll see. Ammo Racing have been flying with various trainers. They've got Mojo Star, who was just behind Kiprios in the Gold Cup. That's a Group 1, of course, at Royal Ascot. Kiprios out for a while, but Mojo's back. 
Isra comes into the race for the Gostons in the Shadwell colours. Max Vega and Lone Eagle is in there as well. Now with Rafe Beckett to change stables from Martin Mean and Mark Chan, Hong Kong based businessman, part owner of Lone Eagle these days. Blinkers on for the first time. But um, what do you think about this? The two horses coming back down at the top of the market into Group 3 company. How did you see the race? I thought it was fascinating. I thought Hurricane Lane was very short. Um, look, if if the Hurricane Lane of two years ago would be be unbeatable in a race like this, but he lost his way last year and, and two very below par runs, and here he is at odds on. And you touched on the fact about the um, Appleby team and hitting top gear. Yeah, some are hitting top gear. I mean, the last couple of weeks they've had 11 favourites and seven of them have been beaten. So four of them are one, and that that doesn't tell you everything, but it just tells you that there isn't great value at the top of the market when that team is concerned. So, look, if you want to bat Hurricane Lane at five to six, good luck to you. It may be a brilliant bet if he's back to his best, and he's obviously showed enough. Charlie Appleby was was positive about him in an interview on TV the other day, but he's not going to be negative. And they decided to go here rather than go abroad, and. It just feels that they might be looking for trying to find a softer race for him. I think the race is a bit harder than they think. Um, Mojo Star is the obvious one to take him on with. He was 11 or 2 a bit early in the week, but those that price has kind of disappeared a bit, probably because of the form of the ammo team and because he just looks at each way back to nothing. There are eight runners here that could change. You could lose one, so you might you might end up with a, um, a bad each way. Um bet in the race the ground's very different at Newbury than it is up north it's definitely soft here and there's rain around so it's going to be hard work look I I, I I thought there was a a bet to be had maybe with Max Vega last year's winner um, who has to carry a penalty which definitely makes life tough but you get that's kind of factored into his price um, he's a horse that rounded off last season with a really good win he beat Hamish um, at the track um, here in the St. Simon States. The ground was really bad, and we know he handles the bad ground, but he won this 12 months ago on ground that would have been too quick for him after another break. And look, for me, that's really interesting that he was still able to, to win despite the fact that it was decent ground. And that kind of negates the three-pound penalties. The ground's in his favour here. We know he goes Wells fresh. Um, I just thought 8-9-1 to one was, a, was a fair fair bet in a race like this I think he can go well again and look, if Hurricane Lane's back to his best he'll probably be the one to beat but I thought Max Vega at 8-9-1 to one was the bet each way 205 at Newbury Dubai duty free stakes registered as the Fred Darling Group 3 for the Phillies straight 7 furlongs big field which is good 14 now this is a, an interesting one because the Godolphin team uh, haven't got Bride so but John Gosden has a 3 year old and the uh, she won on her only start, daughter Tiafino. She won at Yarmouth on soft going. Uh, Ammo's in there again. Magical sunset for Richard Han and Kevin. Start the new retained jockey. And uh, she's uh, had three wins from her career so far. One of the more experienced runners in the field. She's won her last two. Rim Marquis goes for Rafe Beckett. She won her only start at Salisbury over uh, seven furlongs. Swing along for Carl Burke, who's in good form. Another ammo horse is Olivia Meralda. Now with Roger Varian. Soul Sisters in this race as well. And and some of those ammo horses have come over. Look, Michael 
Callahan seem to have lost a few of them and they've come over to the UK now based over here which is big loss for him but uh, can Godolphin win this but not with Charlie Appleby but with the Gosdens yeah this is really hard because you've got four or five play one one ones kind of fillies that you just don't know how good they actually are yeah. uh, on soft ground at Newbury um, poof, it's 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 proper kind of finger in the air stuff it's it's difficult to get it I mean Bridestones was really impressive in, in her only start the back end of last year uh, when she was a really good winner it's Yarmouth as you said I was very taken with Rafe's Philly Remarque uh, daughter of Kingman she holds a guineas entry handles cut, cut on the ground we'll get further in time but seven furlongs is a good starting point she looks really classy if there's a guineas filly in, her, it could well, in here it could well be her magical sunsets another horse has got all the experience handles bad ground one at Newbury I can see why she's towards the top of the market it's not a race to have a real strong view as we've seen in the trials this week at Newmarket, they can make fools of you. But I, I, I would stick with Rafe's. Remarque just won in the style of a real smart one uh, at Salisbury. Beat a well-fancied horse of Godson's, Bresson, um, that day. Um, that just was enough to make me think, wow, she's she's pretty good. And uh, yeah, I'll stick with Remarque. Okay, 2.14. It's a seven furlong straight course again. This time for the Colts and Geldings, the Group 3 Greenham Stakes features 11 runners. The, the Guinea is very much on the future lineup for some of these, you would have thought. Chaldeen's in the, the Guinness for Andrew Balding. He beat Royal Scotsman at Newmarket when winning the Group 1 Dewhurst. I think connection to Royal Scotsman, who's going straight to Newmarket and is not having a prep race, according to uh, Oliver Coley's trainer. I thought they were, they thought they were a bit unlucky not to win. It was ahead in the end, and uh, Royal Scotsman didn't quite get there, but Chaldean certainly did and won that race. Knight goes for Simon and Ed Crisford, and they just seem to be placing their horses in the totally right races. This horse is two from two, having won at Yarmouth and Newbury, both over seven. Theory of everything's in the Guinness for the Gostons. He won his only race up at Doncaster over seven furlongs. Streets of Gold has won all five of his. But Eve Johnson Horton certainly is going to be one of the, the, the star horses of her season if he continues as he did as a two-year-old. He won up at York last time we saw him. Uh, that was in October. He's had the winter off and comes into this race with massive hopes for the Eve Johnson Horton team. who's taken on some of the big boys here. But Chaldean seems to be on everybody's lips as maybe the British contender up against Aiden's horses when the Guineas come round in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, and, and Chaldean has won on all grounds, so the ground shouldn't be a problem. It was soft when, when he when he won at Doncaster. Um, twice, easily saw off Indestructible, who's obviously been out and won the Craven this week, so that form looks even stronger. Chaldean is, is smart, will head to the Guineas, We'll take plenty of beating here. Just very short, eight to eleven, the best price out there in the market. Uh, not a huge fan of backing horses odds on in their guineas trials because we know a trial is very different from um, the big one itself. But look, the guineas are only a few weeks away, so 
he's going to be pretty sharp for this Shaldin. It'll be it'll be a surprise um, if he's beaten. Um, Andrew Balding tends to have his horses spot on for their trials anyway. So um, look, I'd rather of the leading ones at the top. Like I'd rather be with with Chaldean eight to eleven than the rest of them. Um, I think he'll win. Uh, I might take a chance on zoology uh, for the Ferguson team. We saw them amongst the winners early in the week. Um, zoology beat a horse called Covey of the Golstons that came out and won earlier in the week. So that form's been boosted and <laughs> zoology just looks like a horse that might be forward and slips in here under the radar. Um, Southall isn't the ideal prep for the guineas, but shows handles cut in the ground and is fit and should run well, but zoology each way, but I think Chaldean will be the likely winner. And then at 3.15, there's the Spring Cup, run over the straight mile with 14 runners on that soft ground, as you say. Seems to have been uh, money coming here for Latam, William Haggis. Got Tom Marquand, who's uh, been abroad riding overseas in Australia. I'm not sure if he went into, popped into Hong Kong on the way back, but he's certainly been, been away. This horse went over to Ireland to get its most recent win, won the Irish Lincolnshire by a short head. That was on the 25th of March, what, just about a month ago. Al Reb's in there for Kevin Phillip, Arc de Foy, who's won two in a row now. Atrium for Charlie Fellows, who had won two in a row, but then ran down the field in the Lincoln. But a lot of the horses didn't appreciate that heavy ground at Doncaster uh, on the opening weekend of the flat season. Saga goes for His Majesty the King and the Queen Consort, John Thady Gosden, Benoit de la Sayette's had a winner at Newmarket this week. Brunch is in there as well. So too Jimi Hendrix. Um, and how did you see? Well, it's always a tricky spring cup. Yeah, tricky race, cutting the ground. The obvious one is Latam, um, five pounds higher than them. We're winning at the car on bad ground. Obviously, once the juice, which he's got on the ground here, um, I thought he'd go off a bit more than that, to be honest, because he came from an impossible position to wear down Sultanstall. It's just, a, again, I sound like a scratch record, but it's a price thing with him. You know, the price is under pressure already. All the 11 of 4s gone, and uh, it seems to be 9 to 4 across the boards, which is very short for a race like this because um, you need plenty to to go right. And as we saw um, in Ireland last time, um, Latham was not in front until the final 50 yards of the race, so um, needed every yard of that mile to get into it. But... We'll build on that. We'll be fitter. We'll probably win. Won't carry my money at kind of nine four two to one. Um, I thought this was fiendishly hard. I would probably have a small each way on brunch. Michael Dodd's horse, who actually ran really well on on um, his reappearance at Doncaster behind Astral Bow, um, runs off one hundred and four. We know that's a mark that he can work with. Um, was a good second at York last May um, off this very mark, 104, and probably should have won that day. And Staple had a winner early in the week, and I just thought the brunch at around 12s was, was you know, 11s is the best price available. It's just a rock solid each way and should be bang there. And look, whether he can beat Latam, I don't know, but Latam and brunch are the two, and just at the prices, I'll go brunch each way at 11. Well, we've got some good flat racing, got some good jumps racing on the weekend in the UK. And it's flat racing, of course, in Hong Kong. It's Shartin Racecourse on Sunday morning. Six o'clock is when it gets underway. 
for a 10 race card our hong kong racing expert wally pyra joins us once again and wally obviously the big meeting coming up in a week's time at the end of april champions day so this weekend this sunday in particular it's um regular handicapping racing that we're going to enjoy yeah, you're right. There's 10 races. It's a bit of a mixed bag. It starts at 6 o'clock. You've got four four races on the all-weather surface and six on the turf. What I'd say to you is it's a bit of an hors d'oeuvre for Champions Day next Sunday. Yeah, it, you would say it's going to be a pretty average programme. But in fact, actually, there's quite some quite good, interesting races. And most certainly, the feature race of the day has to be the finale at 10.45, which is a Class 2, 9 furlong handicap. Um, it features four horses that ran in last month's Hong Kong Derby. If you look at them, you've got Straight Aaron that finished fifth from the Founds Yard, Sword Point, who was sixth, Sweet Encounter, seventh, and Beauty Verse, twelfth. That's what it was in that in in that race. But I might add, you've also got three last start winners, um, including that uh, progressive Chilean import who won last start, Alacrity, Spirited Express, and the old proverbial front runner, Champion Dragon from the Cruise Yard. So all in all, listen, this is a pretty good contest. What's going to happen in the race? Obviously, Champion Dragon will go out in front from the start. There's a lot of people I've been reading in the press this week who were talking about the ride that uh, Hugh Bowman gave the sword point in the derby. I, I would have said, because I did fancy sword point in the derby, um, that he, he made the wrong uh, judgment call where he should have come wide instead of sitting in in the middle of them. Never saw daylight in the last a furlong and a half. Probably was unlucky. And obviously, even Frankie Laura said maybe he took the wrong option, but it's difficult for jockeys. And that certainly with a world-class jockey like uh, Hugh Bowman. So probably Sword Point will start favourite. You can guarantee that Vincent Ho, who's riding straight Aaron, will probably follow Bowman for most of the race. and But... When the sword point, whose best effort this season was when, when, when winning over the nine furlongs at Shartin, uh, he's going to be favourite, as I've said, and probably should win it. But it's still a very tight knit handicap, and there's all to play for. But a really a good race to watch. Now the supporting card includes actually some competitive handicaps on the all-weather surface. I think the highlight contest has to be this six furlong dash at 8.35, which sees a horse called Adifil going for a four-timer, which is pretty good going for a horse to win three times on the all-weather surface. He's got up £26 in the um, handicap. He's obviously become a very firm favourite with race-goers, I know because he's won his last three races, but he's become a he's become a firm favourite because of his never say die attitude. I mean, when Caris Teton throws the kitchen sink, and that's his style of riding, he's a good horse to watch. He got up in the final stride last start against the horse called Adios 
who subsequently won a race. So his form looks smart, but he's still got this hefty £8 penalty again to carry for winning that race. And the opposition includes um, a well-handicapped horse, Lightning Bolt from the Danny Shum Yard, Youthful Deal and a horse I like, Gummy Gummy, who finished 1-2 last start on the surface. And right at the bottom of the weight, throws a bit more interest into it, is this once thought it was an absolute flying machine. Hasn't done it recently. The horse called Superb Capitalist. I'm looking, he's got Angus Chung riding it. His weight, if you take his seven pounds off, he's only got seven stone 11, which is quite a light weight in Hong Kong. Yeah, He'll go bursting off in front, <clears throat> but whether or not he can hang on is another matter. But it's a really, really interesting race. How do you feel... This time, for the first time for a few months, actually gets a low draw. So he's going to have a trouble-free journey, mm -hmm. but it's a tough race to call. Let me just ask you on, on Adderfield, that that's the 12th of February one, he won over six furlongs by six and a quarter length. That's almost unheard of, isn't it, in Hong Kong? And then normally six and a quarter lengths would cover the whole field. Well, yeah, you're right. He just exploded down the home straight. Yeah, he did, and he carried a very hefty penalty in the next time he ran, yeah, he which did, was yeah. last uh, uh, the last time he ran. This mm. time he had a wide journey throughout, um, and as I say, up to the last furlong, he was never going to win it. Adidas, um, Adios had gone past a horse and looked home and hosed with, as I say, Teton throwing the kitchen sink. This horse mm. running on. He was a favourite for the race, so you can imagine the uh, race goers cheering him on. And he got up in the final stride. He's that type of horse. How much more he's got, who knows? Yeah, As I yeah. say, the handicap rate too happy. Uh, by the amount he's gone up, he's got this £8 penalty. Uh, £8 penalty for winning like a nose mm. shows what the handicapper thinks about it. So it's a really, really interesting race. Tough one to call, I promise yeah. you. Um, but well worth watching. Um, earlier on the card, and that's for people who may get up earlier in the morning, um, the there's a five furlong dash at seven o'clock. The horses that have run are not, are not particularly special. So you would imagine there's going to be, the race could be won by a newcomer. Um, looking down the card in that race, you got Purton's Mount, a horse called Dan, Atta Dan Attack, that's the son of that this prolific winning Hong Kong winning sire, Deep Field. It's trained by Jamie Richards. Jamie Richards is doing exceptionally well at the moment. What's he had? He's had twenty-seven winners this season, four winners again in the last couple of weeks. His stable's going well. There's another horse called Star Club who carries the the Wellington colours. And you'll be seeing Wellington on Champions Day next week in the sprint. Sprint. He's a son of Star Turn. He's looked particularly good in his gallops. And then there's an, another newcomer from Douglas White's yard called Shinkansen, um, who also has looked good in his trials. So all in all, I would imagine this is going to be won by a newcomer. I assume that Dan Attack will probably be favourite, but the likes of Star Club and uh, Shinkansen are well worth watching. Finally, race nine, 
the 1010, the seven furlong handicap, Tony Cruz introduces a, a potentially smart galloper called California Vos. Um, he was formerly known as Vosta Palio when trained by Joseph O'Brien in Ireland. He was fourth in a group three. three. Um, he won over six furlongs, and he's looked really, really good in his trials leading up to this race. Normally, Cruz would put his uh, seven-pound claimer, Angus Chung, on it, but he hasn't bothered. He's put Matthew Chadwick on it, which to me says that he obviously thinks a lot about this horse. So he's well worth watching. But it's pretty tough for a horse to win first up or on his debut in Class 3 company, especially when he's got the likes of these seasoned handicappers like Solid Impact, Run Run Buddy, Winner Method. They're all pretty good handicappers. I would imagine that solid impact will be near the forefront in the betting odds. Plus, Purton's mount, Beauty Inspire from the John uh, Size uh, stable. He's been run over six, um, run over a mile. He's run over six furlongs. This is after he had an encouraging first run um, in Hong Kong. This time they bring him back to seven furlongs. Um, the way he runs, you think this may well be his optimum trip. So, again, an interesting race. But watch out for that cruise horse. Whatever he does on Sunday, you would imagine that he'll be much better for it and well worth watching and following it by the end of the season. Thanks, Wally. Looking forward to those races at Chartin Racecourse on Sunday morning. You can watch all of the action live on Sky Sports Racing in the UK and there are loads of races to enjoy on Saturday as Bill Esdale went through and preview today at both Air and Newbury coming up on ITV this weekend. Well that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's racing action in the UK and the big day, the Champions Day in Hong Kong as well. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. All the selections from Wally and Bill are on the City AM website throughout the week. So make sure you have a look at that. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. <laughs>